All right, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy. I'm Kyle. And this time, this episode, we're going to talk about how people will meet your expectations, whatever they may be. Well, that sounds like fun. So this is something I've firmly believed in for a long time, and I'll tell you why later. Um, But this is our last episode in our mini-series on the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, Today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. So we're kind of wrapping it up. And he, Stephen Covey, shares a story. I don't know if it's a true, true story or kind of a story that was just passed down of a self-fulfilling prophecy in England. Okay. In a school. <laughs> I feel like I keep pulling it back to that. Um, but Stephen Covey told the story. <laughs> so a school, the computer mixed up the bright kids and the dumb kids. And okay. if you're not watching the video, I'm using air quotes. This is how the story was told. All right. Um, so the teachers that got the actual bright kids thought they were dumb, and the teacher that got the actual dumb kids thought they were bright. And so then they taught accordingly to what they thought the kids were. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the administration realized the mistake... Mm-hmm. And said, so, well, let's go test these kids right. without anybody knowing oh, yeah. and see how they're doing. So then the actual dumb kids were then bright and the actual bright kids scored much lower. Interesting. And, you know, it was just the most interesting thing about it. The teachers that were teaching the bright kids they thought were dumb mm-hmm. treated them as mentally limited, uncooperative and difficult to teach. The most interesting was the dumb kids labeled as bright. The teachers started teaching them, and the kids weren't understanding, but the teachers knew they were bright, so it must be the way they were teaching, so they ah. changed their methods <laughs> to get it to work. Fascinating. Or to get it to stick, you know, to yeah, help them yeah, to yeah. learn. Because um, if you rule out someone else, it has to be you. Right. Ah, fascinating. I love it. And so that's the story, again, whether or not it's True, I don't know. And then Covey shares a quote from somebody named Goeth. I don't, I think he maybe referenced this person earlier in the book. Um, But the quote is Treat a man as he is, and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he can and should be, and he will become as he can and should be. I like it. And so I firmly believe this. I have believed this from when I was in college to become Mm -hmm. a teacher. And then my first year of teaching, I had, um, there was a set of twins in our grade level, and I had one of the twins. And the twin that I had was the more difficult twin. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have firmly believed, I get very passionate and emotional about this. I'm going to try not to tear up. For all of my years of teaching, I have believed as long as the kids know that I love them and respect them and care about them, they will work hard for me. And so um, I loved that little girl like I loved all my (laughs) students. 
And she did work hard for me. And it was a struggle. And, you know, it took us some time. And at some point during the school year, I had a conference with her mother. Right. And her mother went on and on about how the twin that I had was the bad twin that she Mm. always had. And this was first grade, so she's only six years old. And she always had trouble with her. She was the bad one. She made poor grades. And just, gotcha. You know, all the negative things that she could say. And so say. it's the, the mother's expectation of the kid. Right. And the daughter was living up to that expectation mm-hmm. until she came into my classroom. And I'm not, like, saying that to toot my own horn. No. But especially with children, yeah. they will live to your expectation of them. And so, I mean, I was thankful that I had that experience my first year of teaching. Right. Because it... I mean, it put it right there in front of my eyes and made me who I was as a teacher from there on out. And so I think if you are in any type of leadership or management position, you have to remember that for your employees or your team members or whoever you're supervising that, you know, yeah, maybe they are doing a poor job. But what are your expectations of them? And how can you as their supervisor um, help them to do better. It's not your job just to be the gotcha guy over and over and over yeah. and over again. It's your job to help them do better. Yeah. What, what training do they need to improve? What skills do they need to improve? What objectives do you need to set that they can live up to? And it, well, and what belief system in you can you change? Yeah. Can you go to that person? And it's not just going to be one like. Hey, Kyle, right. I really believe in you. I know you can do this. Yeah. And then you expect them to change. It doesn't work That's that way. That's not going to happen. <laughs> doesn't happen, that, no. that little girl, I hugged her. Well, I hugged all my kids. Every right. day they came in, I hugged her every single day. When she was struggling, every time I would say, you can do this. Yeah. I know you can do it. Let's work on it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is something that if you have the faith and confidence in someone that you know they don't have in themselves... Um, at some point, it, it it stops being about them wanting to do it for themselves, them wanting to do it for you. Mm-hmm. That they don't want to to let down to your you. faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what people can do. I mean, everyone has limitations in certain ways. Everyone's got skills in other ways, but you're not stuck with those. Mm-mm. I mean, you may have a natural predisposition one way or another, but you're not stuck there. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we we can do you know really anything that we set our mind to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is is very very valuable to have to have that faith and confidence in someone because um, most I mean, a lot of people especially talking about this little girl she probably didn't have a high opinion of herself but if someone else had that high opinion of her well that can mm-hmm. make a big difference mm-hmm. and I just think it's so hard for us as adults because I feel like a lot of people have this attitude of you know I'm not going to change for anybody uh, I am who I am and you can accept it but I, I think we're just it's not going to get very far, any of us. No. And that's the attitude you have. If you are a manager or a supervisor and you don't like somebody, well, that's too bad for you. Yeah. You're going to have to figure it out. And you know what? Maybe you don't like them. That's okay. But you still have a job to do. And yep. you're going to have to believe in them and help them do their job better because it helps you as a manager. It makes you look better that your team is doing well. Yep. Well, from all of these talking about management, we're finding more and more and more and more that uh, management and especially, you know, uh, true management that's in the position of a leader um, 
has less and less and less and less to do with their knowledge and technical skills. Yeah, it has a lot to do with relationships. <laughs> yes, lots to do with it. A whole lot to do with it. I um, I don't know. That's uh, just kind of going back. I mean, all the way back to when I was at uh, Best Buy. You know, I was a supervisor at Best Buy when uh, Darcy and I met. I was trying to work my way through college, <clears throat> and you know that those first uh, first few months as a supervisor. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, but again, I was put into a, a really tough spot and we've talked before about how the, uh, the best way to learn is the hard way. And I remember that first week I had a, I had about, a, I think, uh, eight or nine people that reported to me and one guy had a heart condition. He'd, uh, served overseas and, um, it caused a lot of problems with it, with his heart. And so he, he passed away that first week that I was supervisor he was really good friends with someone else on the team, and she just couldn't bear to work there anymore, and so she left. Um, had someone else get transferred to another store, and so my first week as supervisor, I go from a, t- a good team. I inherited a really good team of people, and I went down to having three people work for me. <laughs> I mean, so I, I learned a lot of lessons real fast, and I did not do the best job with it. Um, but what I learned really, really quickly is, is that if you're going to supervise or manage a team, yes, it's important to have those technical skills, that technical knowledge. Mm-hmm. You do need to be the person that they can rely on when they get in the jam. And I think they respect you more. You're yeah. not just a person that they pulled in from somewhere right. to manage them. But I had people that worked for me that were way better. This, I worked for Geek Squad, so we fixed computers, right? Yeah. Still have my badge, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> any case, so I... But you have to manage the people. My gosh, that is just so incredibly vital. Um, you know, like the company, example, the company had certain rules about, you know, you couldn't be a full-time employee unless you had like a certain availability. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, if you're working for uh, Geek Squad, your odds are you're a college student. College students typically don't have the availability to be a full-time employee. And so we might have fudged their availability a little bit. And I just agreed that I'd schedule them in certain ways. Maybe not the, the uh, best thing and to do. And what's the benefit to them being a full-time employee? They get a guarantee of hours. There's only We were only allowed two full-time positions in the department. Everyone else was part-time. Okay. So if you were part-time and budget got cut, it got cut. Okay. Um, and then little things. like uh, That was the thing. Is if you're part-time, you might not get any hours for two weeks. That's a possibility. And I, I put my job on the line uh, many weeks in a row because I just way over budget on a labor and I had my ops manager tell me more than once that, uh, cause if we made so much profit, we got a kickback on labor mm-hmm. and I had my ops manager tell me more than once, Kyle, you're so far over that if you don't make it this week, you're fired. That's it. You're fired. Mm-hmm. And the guys on my bench knew that I did that. They knew that I made those risks and I made those risks for them because mm-hmm. they needed the hours. And I had faith that if I gave them the hours, they would find a way to make the money <laughs> to, <laughs> to justify it. But they, they knew that. They knew that I was taking that risk for them. They mm-hmm. knew that if this didn't work, I was out. Mm-hmm. And they worked their tails off for me. Yeah, I, I, it's, it comes back to relationships. It's it all, does. It's not all about relationships. I shouldn't say that. No. Because, again, it is important to have the knowledge and skills. You're, I feel like if you're a manager and you've not done what you're managing, then your team's not going to respect yeah, you at all. Yeah, it's hard all. to get the respect. Um, so 
but the relationship is also the human element. You know, I I can't say I've taken any college courses on it, but uh, just because I love love to study. So when I first got thrown into a leadership position, that's one of the first things I did was start studying psychology. I want to, like, try to understand how people think, you know, (laughs) what makes them tick. And so it it helped a lot. It helped a lot. And, And that's something I would recommended really anyone that's that's in that management or leadership type position is study some basic psychology understand just a little bit about what makes people tick i don't mean go take a college course or get a degree on none of that but i mean hell just pull up wikipedia there's some good information on there wikipedia really it's mostly accurate and fairly good and it's easy to find stuff google can send you down some weird rabbit holes okay Seriously, like there's tons of good stuff out there. So just try to learn a little bit. I do bit. like his suggestion. I do think it's valuable to learn how to relate to people. I'm just surprised to hear him say Wikipedia because I think he's made fun of me looking at Wikipedia before. Well, I have. I have. But there's still some good information in there. <laughs> I have. But there's, you can't take it all this fact. But it's good information. Learn how people think, how they react. Um, but you do. You have to You have to treat people as people. And... It's so cliche, but everyone is different. My gosh, everyone is different. Yes, and that's, I mean, I think I was able to quickly learn that in teaching. Yeah. You know, your kids, something we, a phrase that we learned to share with our students was what's fair for one student is not fair for another. Yeah. Because you don't all need the same things. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And I find myself saying that to our children, and it's true as adults when you're managing a team. What's fair for one employee is not necessarily fair for another because yep. we all need different things. Yep. It is true. It's true. You got anything else on this? I think that's it. That's going to wrap up our series. I think so. On seven habits. Awesome. Thank you for putting all of it together. All right. Thanks, y'all.